are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. session number three of the intro to yoga beginner series yoga 101 that i hosted earlier this year for a group of online students through lovebreezybreeyoga.com so it is me breezy bree and i'm so excited because i'm able to bring the sessions that were pre-recorded to you the listener of yoga podcast so check out today's show notes for a deeper description of today's lesson as well as a link to session number one and session number two now in today's lesson we are going to go over some options for downward facing dog as well as how you can transition your body from standing to seated postures or grounding postures by utilizing what we call a vinyasa so taking a vinyasa or flowing your body so that you can transition in a way that makes sense for you. So today I give you lots of options to consider and how you can utilize audio classes to benefit your practice, especially as a beginner and why I think this platform of teaching is so important to the lifelong student of yoga. So thank you so much for listening. Let's get started. Namaste. As we begin, today we will be discussing downward facing dog. We will be going through different variations of vinyasa flow. You may have heard in a vinyasa flow disciplined class, take a vinyasa. So we'll discuss variations to that and exactly what that is how you can modify to fit your needs on any given practice. But before we begin, we're going to just warm up the body. So let's do so with pratyama, with breath. Begin to take deep inhalations, filling the lungs fill up into the body. Holding the breath and then slowly begin to exhale. We're going to do this for several rounds. Find your own pace. Beginning to feel the heat within the body. Giving every cell of your body a delicious oxygen hug. And as you are warming the body with breath, I'm going to begin to teach. So listening to the sound of my voice while also paying very mindful attention to the body so that we can create a bit of a moving meditation whenever the possibility arises. You will be learning by doing, so make sure that you're prepared to practice the postures in today's class. And remembering that you can always come back and listen over and again. Finding yourself on all four tabletop posture. Bringing your knees just about hip distance apart. Your hands will be just under your shoulders. Spreading your fingers, pressing the palm into the earth. The back feet can be tucked or flattened. And this is a great opportunity to be able to just release any tension that might be in the spine. 
Just shaking your tail from left to right, right to left. Allowing your right ear to come to right shoulder, left ear to left shoulder. And then you can neutralize your spine, coming back to tabletop. And take a deep inhalation, take your nose to the sky. Exhale, tuck your chin round your spine, tuck your tail for cat-cow. Taking a few rounds of cat-cow. Moving the breath with the body. Whenever you are ready, you will find yourself tucking your toes, pressing your energy into the earth through the palm of your hands. Begin to lift your tail gently up toward the sky. Eyes can stay forward toward the top of your mat. Beginning to find yourself slowly rising into downward facing dog. As your hips rise, when you feel comfortable, your eyes can begin to look toward the belly button or just off the tip of your nose into what we call Dristi. Dristi allows us to look inward, creating time and space in the present moment. And if you ever start to feel dizzy in an inversion where your head is below your heart, feeling the blood rushing toward the head. Just take your eye gazes forward, lift your head up above your heart and neutralize that energy. And over time, provided that you make sure you're hydrated, your body will begin to acclimate to inversions. Unless, of course, you have high blood pressure, maybe even low blood pressure, other issues such as vertigo. Of course, as always, you will want to get clearance by your medical professional. Make sure that you pay attention to what your body is doing at all times. Do not take anything for granted. If you like, you can begin to pedal your knees slowly like you're riding a bike or as I say, galloping baby horse and just releasing any tension that might be present in the knees, in the hips, in the spine, and then slowly come back down to tabletop posture, just taking our time. Now you can always bring props to your mat, yoga blocks, straps, bolsters, blankets, yoga wheels. There's so many props nowadays. Do not forget the props that just live around us like walls and chairs and countertops and couches if you're practicing at home. Any and everything can be a prop except for your neighbor <laughs> in studio class, of course. Inhale and exhale. Okay, now let's go ahead and let's fundamentally begin to break down downward facing dog. So from tabletop posture, and I'm going to practice alongside you, you can begin to look at the eyes of your elbows. Now they might be naturally pointing into a particular direction. You can slowly start to externally rotate them. Maybe they gently begin to look toward the front of the mat, not forcing anything, but slowly just allowing that to happen. Pressing really deeply and firmly into the earth, remembering that any body parts that are touching the mat are rooting into the earth. So we want to do it with intention. As you begin to externally rotate the eyes of the elbows, you're going to feel the shoulders follow suit. As you press into the earth, you might feel that energy start to show up in the back. And if at any time you feel any pain or discomfort, you want to create action in the opposite direction. 
So we're not looking to be perfect, we're looking to understand our bodies while also trying to understand the posture. Your hands, of course, as mentioned, are just below your shoulders, so pay attention to where everything is placed and find your breath so that you're not so strict in how the body is operating in this moment. I have my dog wanting to come and practice, and I feel so guilty when I shut him out whenever I'm practicing. So... If you've been following yoga podcasts, sometimes you know that I have some furry friends that like to visit during recording. And uh, I've decided since I'm into the 400th plus episode over three years, this is a family affair. (laughs) And maybe you have some members of your own visiting your mat as well. We practice together. So from here, I want you to go ahead and tuck your toes and just hover your knees off of the mat. You're going to feel this in your core, in your shoulders, in your hands immediately. Whenever you're ready, you can just drop your knees back to the mat. And this in itself is quite the practice. This is also found in some Pilates practices, right? Just Tucking toes, hovering knees, engaging core, bringing belly button into spine, eyes toward the earth, finding your breath, and then release. (sighs) Yes. On the next, we're going to go ahead and go right into downward facing dog, but we're going to keep our knees really, really bent in the next variation. So bringing yourself into down dog, I'm upside down recording, so might have changed the sound of my voice, the cadence here for a moment. As your knees are aggressively bent here, I want you to pay attention to your spine, kind of like you do in cat-cow. And I want you to flex your spine into frady cat and flex your spine into cow, even though it's going to be subtle in this particular inversion. And then look for neutral spine for yourself. This neutralization that you think you feel in the body, and I want you to trust yourself, trust your body. Yes, you can take video, you can have a friend, you can do Zoom with your yoga teacher, you can do a private one-on-one, but ultimately, I want you to memorize what your body feels like for you, okay? That is the whole point. And then from here, I want you to begin to lengthen your legs as much as you feel good about. Remembering that the purpose of downward facing dog is the inversion, head below heart. Again, if you want to keep your eyes forward, then you migrate the purpose of the posture. And that would be about the spine. They're sort of simultaneous, so one's not more important than the other. They're both mutually inclusive so whenever you do downward facing dog most of your body weight is now in your hands you are upside down this is a variation of handstand so if you want to know if you're doing a handstand right now then absolutely you can raise one leg in the sky and you can really get closer to that handstand can't you (laughs) but I don't want to digress so Remembering that if your heels reach the mat, that just means that you have very flexible hamstrings. If they don't, that's okay. Again, you wanna focus on the inversion and the neutralization of your spine. Rather your heels touch the mat or not has nothing to absolutely do with downward facing dog. I know a lot of students focus on that and that is the wrong place to take your attention. This is a modification or variation to handstand. And if I recall, your legs are in the sky, has nothing to do with hills touching the earth. (laughs) So think about it that way. From downward facing dog, I want you to go back into tabletop, tabletop, Oh my goodness. And you can take yourself into 
a nice peaceful posture. Child's pose. Now in the last couple of episodes of Yoga 101, I've referred to child's pose as being peaceful warrior. And I mentioned it in a different episode on Yoga Podcast, which has published weeks ago, thinking that I would publish the 101s um, much sooner, but I didn't finish recording, hence having this conversation with you while you're in child's pose. And what I want to say is that Peaceful Warrior is an actual asana that is not child's pose. However, when you teach yoga to kids, And when you've learned martial arts before you learned yoga, sometimes you might get the terminology a little bit mixed up in English, meaning that the non-Sanskrit variations of the asanas. So please do forgive me and forgive your yoga teacher as he or she, or however they self-identify, is a student just like you. So although I love to refer to child's pose as peaceful warrior, because to me it feels like peace or even surrender, I know that can be quite confusing when you're new to the practice. So child's pose. Some people like to bring their hands to the back of their neck into namaste or prayer position. And some people think of that as praying warrior. So I'm sure there's another name for that as well. From here, we're going to go back to tabletop. And I want you to go back into downward facing dog. I want you to find your breath here. Pay attention to what is touching the earth the palm of your hands are rooted you're pressing in to the mat feeling the opposition as your hips pull up to the sky you neutralize your spine you relax and release your neck unless of course you're looking forward you can always place blocks under your hands even under your forehead When you're working with a yoga teacher, you can strap around your quadriceps, your thighs, or your teacher may come behind you and pull your hips up with their hands, with your permission, or with a strap or towel. Just giving you a little bit more of that feeling of floating up toward the sky. And this is absolutely not required or even suggested necessarily, but if it is in your practice and you want to raise one leg into the sky into a three-legged dog, just getting that feeling of the variation of handstand, honor that. And you can also switch sides, so right leg up and then left leg up, maybe one at a time. (laughs) Maybe some of you are in handstand right now. Remember, just because you can do handstand doesn't mean that you're an advanced yoga practitioner. Whenever you're ready, come out of down dog into tabletop and find yourself sitting on your heels or on a block. Reground, regroup. I teach yoga to gymnasts, and as I have said many times before on yoga podcasts, Gymnasts can do pretty much all of the asana poses that are considered to be difficult or advanced, especially balancing postures. But as a former gymnastics coach myself, I can tell you right now, we never taught breath work in the way that yoga philosophy does with pranayama. Your breath is what connects you to this practice as the breath allows the mind to calm, the nervous system to relax, and for you to prepare the body, the physical, for meditation. 
So regardless of what you see on social media, how people can twist their bodies into pretzels, one of the things that one of my yoga teachers taught me was when you first enter into yoga, the goal is maybe handstand or some variation of an arm balance. But the more you practice the philosophy and the longer you are a student, the more you just want to sit. Find your breath and balance your mind. <laughs> the most advanced practitioner is just an easy pose. Find your breath. One of the most interesting things about teaching Yoga 101 workshops live is that I am trying to teach, as I am on Yoga Podcast, how to do the posture, but also in the most yogic way possible, which is to not just lecture and demonstrate and have you repeat or reflect that, but to remind you that you're still actively practicing right now, pratyama and mindfulness. And with that said, let's bring ourselves back to tabletop and I want you to see how tabletop becomes a foundational posture for everything that we have been practicing thus far today. That is one of the most amazing things about yoga asana is there are a handful of postures that set up every other advanced variation of that posture. Tabletop being the posture that is setting up downward facing dog today and our next posture which is plank. So many people think that they do the most perfect plank and then you look in the mirror and you're like, whoa, I am not doing the most perfect plank. But I'm going to show you a nice, easy way to cheat <laughs> and set yourself up for the most perfect plank for your body. So from tabletop posture, I invite you to just lift your, well, first ground yourself. Make sure you're grounded. Make sure you're balanced on all four because you're going to slowly begin to balance on three for just a moment. As you begin to lift your right leg up behind you, toes pointed toward the earth, go ahead and drop those toes down to the mat. Press the energy into your toes by pressing into your hands. You're gonna feel a bit of a hamstring stretch here, maybe a calf muscle stretch, that's fine. And then slowly come back onto the tipsy of your toes where you shift your weight a little bit forward. Now you have your left knee on the earth as a pillar to the bridge of your spine. If you had a child right now, they could drive room, 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 a little car across your body <laughs> because you are literally a bridge or maybe they could take a little boat underneath you. All right, so this is how you find your perfect plank. Now we're gonna go ahead and shift some weight and make ourselves even again, and then take your left foot to meet your right behind you, and now hold yourself up for just a moment. Now drop your right knee. Now you are balancing that pillar on the opposite side. Go ahead and press your weight into your palms, into the back tippy toes, feeling yourself open up the back part of your leg just as you did before. Now come back and shift your weight on your tippy toes, just shifting your weight a little bit forward. And now find your plank. Again, those eyes of the elbows are pointed forward, eyes toward the earth to ground your energy. And when you're ready, slowly relax. Find your child's pose. Deep inhalation, deep exhalation. With every exhalation, you feel grounded. Now from here, we're going to slowly make our way into downward facing dog. You know what to do.
from downward facing dog you're going to come onto your tippy toes and shift your weight forward finding your plank if you need to set your body up better just drop a knee check your stance check your posture your alignment and then lift back into your plank and then push back into your down dog find your breath from down dog find your self in tabletop and from tabletop back to child's pose Awesome. Deep inhalation, deep letting go. Again, from child's pose to table, tuck your toes, lift your hips, downward facing dog. From down dog, off the tips of your toes, shift your weight forward to plank. You can drop a knee to check your alignment and then find your plank again. From plank, you can come back into downward facing dog. And from downward facing dog, you can drop your knees into tabletop. From tabletop into child's pose and notice your breath. Now, one of the variations to downward facing dog is dolphin pose. So we're going to practice that if you feel uncomfortable for any reason in dolphin it might give you this illusion that it's more challenging or more advanced than down dog but actually you've already done the most advanced version which is down dog all of your weight being into the palm of your hands distributing to your wrist in an inversion, in a variation of handstand. So dolphin is technically more beginner, easier on the body because you're distributing your weight into your forearms, which gives you more leverage and more of a foundation and platform as that entire part of your body is connected to the earth. Now the reason why it's going to feel a bit awkward perhaps for some is that the crown of your head is going to be closer to the earth you're going to feel like you're more in an inversion you're going to be utilizing the muscles in your shoulder and upper back and possibly chest more than you think you are in down dog so just remember you've already done the most advanced posture okay <laughs> So I know that was a mouthful, especially for some of you who are super comfortable in dolphin. But just go with the flow, pun intended. Finding yourself into tabletop. From tabletop, we're gonna drop down into the forearms. So this is almost like a variation of puppy pose where your tail feels higher in the sky than your shoulders and your head. But soon you're going to leverage it out. So go ahead and spread your fingers, press your palms into the earth and bring your right leg behind you like you did in plank. Drop those toes into the earth and then your left leg will follow. You're gonna find yourself in a variation of plank here. Now before we go into dolphin, let's go ahead and drop the bellies and flatten the toes. And let's just find a nice little variation in cobra. Or let's just find cobra. <laughs> we are in cobra or sphinx. Maybe that's what I meant. Variation of cobra. Ah, <laughs> feels so good to not be perfect. <laughs> so your toes behind you can be touching. There is some really neat, I don't know if I want to say metaphysical because that sounds so esoteric, but there's some neat properties in Ayurveda, in even Chinese medicine, different Asian philosophies of touching the big toes together. You do not need to, especially if that feels a bit straining on your lower back. Your toes can be about hip distance apart or even mat distance apart. But find some neutralization here in the back of your body. Draw your forearms into the earth. Lift your heart, lift your chin. Don't take your eyes to the sky, just take your eyes forward. And Feel how when you bring your chest through center, the shoulder blades begin to look for each other behind you. Again, you can feel this in your lower back as the flexion is opposite, 
but this is a good counter pose to child's pose or better yet I guess the more proper way of saying that is child's pose is a good counter pose to sphinx now when you come all the way into your hands which we won't do right now we're gonna keep the forearms down you'll find your fuller expression of Cobra some people call different variations baby cobra where your elbows are bent up behind you. We're not gonna get into the specifications of that just yet. Right now I just want you to press the mat away from you, feel your chest rise, feel your neck get long, feel your shoulder blades behind you, your heart coming through center. Now go ahead and tuck your chin into chest, take your eyes down toward the earth, let your heart melt into your chest and feel your body sink into your shoulders. So you're gonna feel that difference. Now if this was a lot on your body, you can draw your hands out in front of you and just rest for a moment on your belly or go into child's pose. For the rest of us, we're going to tuck our toes and find plank and then slowly start to walk your toes, lift your hips into the sky. Yes, I'm upside down, I can tell I sound different. And your eyes will start to look towards your belly button as you look for dolphin pose. So this feels like a variation of downward facing dog, like a forearm variation, and that's what it is. Again, for those of you who are used to doing forearm handstand or some other variation of that, or even starting to prep for headstand where your hands maybe interlace or you go onto the crown of your head. There's so many variations, I love it. This is going to remind you of that when you lift one leg in the sky at a time. I used to joke three-legged dolphin, but that seems a bit <laughs> of an anomaly since dolphins don't have legs. <laughs> but for some reason, us humans can visualize that and follow suit. So from dolphin, as your eyes go toward your belly button or off the drifty of your tip of your nose or stay forward, you might notice that this feels much more different, but you should feel the groundedness, the strength. Now, if you do not feel any strength, this is a posture that you can practice because it's fairly beginner. You know, no, no posture is truly beginner if you stay in it too long, even easy pose. So slowly begin to bring yourself back down and out of this. Look for your plank, your forearm plank, and then look for your cobra. And then perhaps push back into child's pose. Take your time arriving, however long it takes. Finding your breath. Now, since you're in child's pose, a variation could be puppy pose. So let's try that. So from child's pose, go ahead and come into forearm tabletop. And then extend your arms toward the top of your mat where you're sort of hovering your nose over the mat here. And your tail's gonna be really high in the sky. If you have a dog, you've seen them do this, kind of a downward dog variation, but it's puppy pose for us. This is a good idea if you choose to forgo down dog or even child's pose. You can also use props anywhere around the body here. From here, tuck your toes, press into your downward facing dog, or you can go to tabletop and then tuck your toes. And however you end up in down dog, find yourself there. And now we're going to talk about some different ways to transition from floor postures to standing postures. And going into a vinyasa flow is what we typically do. But we're gonna do a more beginner variation so from down dog, we're going to slowly begin to drop our knees back to tabletop because we're going to start all over. <laughs> we're going to come into forearm tabletop. I want you to find forearm plank, go into dolphin, go back into forearm plank, drop your belly into cobra. Tuck your toes into forearm plank, drop your knees into forearm tabletop, 
and push into child's pose. Now that doesn't seem beginner because there was a lot of steps and there's definitely steps that during a normal hatha practice you will do much slower and you will skip a few of those transitions. But if you're in a class that isn't a vinyasa class, a class that is moving multiple breaths per posture, multiple breaths per movement, you may be able to do a more beginner variation of what we call take a vinyasa. Or just flowing gently, moving the body from a seated or a floor, better, better said, a floor posture to a standing posture. So we're going to do that again just so you can see the difference, but I'm going to skip some of those steps so it's a little bit more like being in a regular class. So you're going to come into tabletop. From tabletop, drop down to your forearms. Tuck your toes into dolphin. From dolphin, push forward into forearm plank. Drop your belly into cobra. Find your breath here. Tuck your toes into plank. Drop your knees. Child's pose. So it's a little bit quicker there. I hope that translated on audio because I was doing it with you. And then from here, we're going to now do a little bit of a beginner variation, but a little bit taking it to the next level because we're going to be going into down dog. So we're going to do down dog, plank, knees, chest, chin, up dog, back to down dog, okay? So from tabletop, tuck your toes into downward facing dog. From downward facing dog, come into plank. From plank, we're going to drop our knees. We're going to bend our elbows, nose toward the earth. Inhale into up dog, which also can look like cobra, and then back to child's pose. So from child's pose, I want you to come back into plank because let's go over finks, cobra, well, finks, baby cobra, full cobra, to up dog so that when you hear up dog you're not doing some meshed variation of that okay so if you're ready we're going to do that if you want to take a break you can pause here so i'm going to give us a few moments to set up and um, you can do whatever you need to do to take a break because we have been going for about 30 minutes now okay so take a break or take a pause If you're unpausing, welcome back. <laughs> Might have been days, minutes, hours, but for me it was just moments, just breaths. Okay, so we're going to come back into, and if you did take a pause for longer than a few minutes, um, take a moment and pause again and just go back into recentering, regrounding, find your breath, set your intention. Maybe do a little bit of movement or hovering your knees above the earth or full plank just to warm up the body. Do a few little natural movements to stretch and then find yourself in tabletop. For the rest of us, we're back in tabletop. <laughs> okay, so from tabletop, we're going to drop our forearms. Lengthen your legs behind you one at a time. Drop your belly. Sphinx pose. So we've been doing this all practice. Your legs behind you can just stretch out long. So we're gonna now we're gonna draw the right hand to the side of our chest. You're gonna see your elbows gonna go back behind you, pointing behind you. And then you're gonna bring the other one to match. So I like to think of this like flapping your chicken wings, right? So your elbows are not gonna be splayed out to the side of your mat. They're gonna be directly behind you. Shoulder blades looking to touch or kiss each other, as I say in class. Tops of feet are going to be grounded into the earth. Palms are going to be grounded into the earth. And this is like a baby cobra. Inhale, exhale. And on your next inhale, press the earth away from you and exhale here. Your pelvis is going to rise above the earth. Your thighs and knees will probably still be somewhat touching the earth here, okay? 
So this is a nice full cobra position. Draw your heart through. Let's take a break here. So let's push into tabletop. That was a lot for the back. So do some cat cows or some wagging your tail or just moving your spine. Maybe for me, because I'm practicing what I'm teaching while teaching and recording. And so it feels a little bit more strenuous on the body. So we're going to come back into tabletop. So you just did uh, Sphinx to baby cobra to full cobra. So what's the difference between full cobra and downward facing dog? The gospel according to Breezy Bree. I want to point that out because for some reason this can be a little bit different based on how the teacher is teaching and I have my own theories behind it. But of course your body is going to guide you yoga will meet you on the mat depending on your body type and that sort of thing your strength all of that will matter so i don't want to get caught in the nuances of full cobra or co cobra pose and up dog or upward facing dog i just want to make it clear that there are some differences okay how it presents in your body trust your body it's um Oh, for lack of a better word, it's not urgent for you to make these big distinctions. I just want to make note that there is a distinction. Okay. <laughs> One thing about being a teacher in the ethers is, man, all of a sudden you say something that's a little bit different from some other way that somebody else learned it or you know, some book wrote it or some guru practiced it and it's like blasphemous on the entire philosophy. So let's be mindful and keep everything into general perspective here and also be open to learn something a little bit different than the way that you've learned it before or you will learn it in the future. All right, that was a lot of, that was a huge disclaimer. Sheesh. Okay, so with that let's get back into tabletop posture okay awesome from tabletop posture i want you to find your plank one leg at a time take your time i want you to begin to flatten one foot behind you and flatten the other and allow your heart to come through center your shoulder blades to come behind you you should be pretty much lifted off of the earth maybe just your hands and top of the feet touching maybe you have other body parts touching the mat perhaps, but the most majority of your body should be lifted into upward facing dog. Eyes begin to go up toward the third eye or toward the sky, off the tip of the drifty of your nose, exposing your throat. Go ahead and relax and release out of this. And I'm going to take us back into Sphinx, baby cobra, full cobra, and then we're going to press all the way into up dog. So take a moment here. If you need to stretch or release or relax, you can always press pause and come back, okay? <sighs> Alrighty, tabletop. Tabletop, drop your forearms onto the earth. Find your forearm plank one leg at a time. Drop your belly, lift your heart, sphinx. Draw your hands to your side body, elbows behind you, lift up, baby cobra. Press all the way, extending your arms. Go ahead and glue your elbows into your side. Lift your heart. Eyes of your elbows start to go forward. Nothing's changed from tabletop to down dog. As far as how your body positions on the earth, you're gonna find yourself in cobra. You should feel your knees and maybe the top of your thighs touching the earth. And then from here, go ahead and find your tabletop. Okay, so from tabletop, we're going to go into up dog. So I'm going to guide you there, however. Tabletop to plank. Go ahead and flip your feet and draw your heart through, upward facing dog. Maybe nothing else is touching the mat. Go ahead and relax. You can find child's pose or you can sit on your heels or a block. Take a moment while I talk about this a little bit more. Okay, so what we're doing is we're transitioning. We're transitioning from having our body on the floor into having ourselves into a standing posture. 
So when we sequence yoga classes, we tend to sequence in a way that is most conducive to building up heat in the body, getting the breath more comfortable with a moving meditation, while also being kind and gentle to the muscles, the ligaments, the joints of the body, of course. And so we usually sequence by either starting in a standing posture and then making our way to floor postures or starting on the floor, making our way to standing and then back to floor. Now what, what we do when we're on the floor just depends. We might do balancing postures, rooting postures on the floor to begin the class. When we're standing, we might be rooting, we might be um, balancing on one leg. And then when we're back on the floor, we might be face down or on our back or in balancing postures. So I'm just speaking of two category umbrellas that have a lot of other information under them, okay? So we are practicing what we are doing as far as transitioning from the floor to standing. Now, the way we do that is by doing what we call in vinyasa, in the discipline of vinyasa, taking a vinyasa floor, flow. But it is just a simple transition when we're thinking about other disciplines such as hatha yoga, okay? Or just moving slowly in between postures. So, there's different ways to get there. Your guide, your teacher, your instructor will guide you in a way that is scripted into the sequence, but you can modify and adjust if you know what it is that you want to adjust to. And that's what we have been practicing today. So you can see that you have different variations, whether it's down dog or dolphin, whether it's plank or forearm plank, whether it is cobra, baby cobra sphinx, whether it's up dog or cobra, whether it's knees, chest, chin, or we take a chaturanga, which we haven't talked about yet, you have these options, okay? So from here, we're going to do down dog to plank to knees, chest, chin to up dog to down dog because that's most common. Your up dog can be substituted by a cobra, meaning you can drop your thighs and knees onto the earth. If you do not drop your thighs and your knees and those are hovering and it's just the, the tops of your feet and your hands on the earth, then in my estimation, you're in a fuller expression of upward facing dog or up dog, okay? We're going to not move super fast through it, so you're going to need some strength, follow your breath. And the reason why I don't wanna to move too fast is because what I've learned as teaching vinyasa flow to students live is they feel like they're doing up dog, but they're doing some variation of cobra and up dog. And I want you to just make that a distinction as to what it feels like in your body. Doesn't matter which one you choose in particular when you're honoring your own practice, but if you wanna get the distinctions a little bit more concise, then I want you to think about what that looks like and feels like for your body. All right, so back to tabletop. From tabletop, tuck your toes and go into downward facing dog. Find your breath. Next inhalation, push off the tips of your toes into plank. Exhale, drop your knees, flatten your feet. Bend your elbows, glue them to your side. Nose goes toward the earth, tail toward the sky. Inhale, sweep your chest through center. Knees, maybe tops of thighs are pressing into the earth. Tuck your toes, press back into down dog. Find your breath. Go ahead and drop your knees to the mat. Find your tabletop. Now I mentioned this in the first two installments of Yoga 101, but just a gentle reminder, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're doing tabletop, down dog, if you're doing cobra, you are grounding your hands into the earth or using some sort of prop to help you do so. 
and you are looking to glue those elbows towards your side, adjusting as you gently externally rotate the eyes of your elbow. Doesn't matter what posture you're in, your elbows will never splay out to the side unless you are instructed for a particular reason or posture to do so. Otherwise, the foundation of tabletop will follow you through to everything else you're doing that it looks like some sort of variation of tabletop. So if your hands are on the mat, doesn't matter if your heart's facing down toward the earth, your heart's facing forward, or your eyes are up toward the sky or off the dristy tip of your nose, your elbows should still be gluing to your side. You should still be bringing your heart through, drawing your core into your body, finding your breath. All of that remains the same, okay? That's what makes yoga so impressive to the body is because you are creating this structure, this foundation, while also moving the body through that structure and with breath and with intention, okay? So very mindfully, all right. So now we're going to do what is more considered a vinyasa flow. Now it's very, very challenging to teach chaturanga. It is an advanced posture. If you are doing it incorrectly, you might start to feel the wear and tear on the body, but I am going to walk you through it so that you have a yoga pose breakdown, so to speak, of chaturanga. Now I have done an actual yoga pose breakdown of all the postures we've talked about today. And you can find those on Yoga Podcast and soon to be itemized on lovebreezybreeyoga.com, okay? If not, by the time this publishes. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to find tabletop and then plank. So from plank, your elbows are going to be glued to your side as you slowly start to bring your body down and then hover very strength focused posture eyes begin to go off the tip of your nose or toward the top of your mat not so much looking down to the earth anymore and then just before your belly touches the earth you flip your toes and you press up into upward facing dog and you can either push back into child's pose or into downward facing dog find your breath whichever you decided to do if you're in down dog, why don't you go ahead and take a child's pose? Now, I explained chaturanga very quickly, but I'm going to explain it and I want you to visualize your body doing it, okay? Because you know all of the postures surrounding it and you know the mechanics of the posture. Just think about your body doing it. Do not do it as I explain it visualize what it looks like in your mind of you doing it while I explain it. That's very important. So you're in tabletop. Your hands are shoulder distance apart. Your eyes are toward the earth. You begin to externally rotate your eyes of your elbows toward the top of your mat. They don't have to reach the top of the mat, but your intentions are there. You can feel the palms and every tip of your fingers placing firmly into the earth, almost like seeping through mud. They're so structured. Knees are hip distance apart and just under your hips. You can also have your knees on a blanket. Your toes are tucked or flattened for the moment. You're going to lengthen one leg behind you, tuck the toes, opposite leg is a pillar, then you're going to lift that opposite leg and find your perfect plank, perfect for you. Eyes are still toward the earth. Begin to take your eyes toward the top of your mat or just off the tip of your nose. And then from here, you're going to have your glued elbows begin to slowly lower the body down using all your strength as you hover over the mat and a perfect alignment of a bridge of the spine. And just before you know it, you're going to flip your toes like a little flipping dolphin 
And instead of dropping your knees, your legs, your thighs, you're going to hover those body parts over, lift your heart, press into the earth, feel really strong, upward facing dog, tuck your toes, press back into downward facing dog. Now when you're ready, go ahead and do it. I will walk you through tabletop, set yourself up, find your breath, eyes to the earth. Lengthen one leg behind you, then the other will follow for plank. Notice your elbows are still glued to your side. Start to slowly lower your body down toward the earth, only hovering, eyes are forward or off the tip of your nose. Do not drop your belly or your thighs or your knees, unless you have to. If you have to, you're gonna turn this into a beautiful cobra. If not, flip your toes at the same time or one at a time, take your time. Press into the earth, lift your heart, feel strong as you do so as the whole lower part of your body is hovering over the earth, upward facing dog. Tuck your toes, press into the earth, lift your hips, downward facing dog. You just did a vinyasa flow. You can do another or you can take a break. I'm going to transition us to a standing posture before we end today's session, just so you can see how this flow is. Of course, if you've practiced yoga in any capacity, this is familiar. If you are listening to this and you've never practiced yoga at all, you'll get a sense of what it feels like to transition to standing. And then I'm going to slowly transition us back down to the earth so that we can calm our nervous systems, take Shavasana and in today's session. So from here, I'm gonna take us through knees, chest, chin variation. If you wanna take a chaturanga variation or vinyasa flow, please honor your body, honor your practice. From tabletop, find your plank. From plank, drop your knees, untuck your toes, bend your elbows as they glue to your side, nose to the earth, tail to the sky a little bit. Inhale, lift your heart, let your pelvis go toward the earth into cobra. Exhale, tuck your toes, downward facing dog, or take a vinyasa. Start to walk your toes to your hands, bend your knees. With your knees bent, slowly rise. One vertebrae at a time, your head will come up last, just letting the blood rush back down to the body, slowly and gently. And now you're standing, find your breath. Inhale your hands overhead. Exhale, slowly start to fold forward. Take your time. Head comes below heart again. Eyes toward the earth, bend the knees. Hands to the mat. Step gently back into a gentle plank. You can take a chaturanga here, vinyasa flow. Otherwise, drop your knees and press your tail onto the heels of your feet. If you took a vinyasa, you know how to get here. Slowly wrap your feet around in front of you. Your tail's gonna be on the earth now. And you're gonna find yourself in staff pose or dandasana in a seated posture, or at least a variation of the dasana. We're actually not doing it right now. We're just sitting. It's, it's, it's more intentional than just sitting. <laughs> Go ahead and shift your weight however you need to and find yourself gently lying down all the way on your back. We never want to skip Shavasana if we can help it, right? If you have lower back pain, pinched nerves, herniated discs, any type of ailment or issue, chronic or acute, sciatica. After you're finished with Shavasana, it would probably serve you well to take some moments afterward and stretch your body, stand up, stretch, release any tension that might be caused in the lumbar space, okay? Also, never hesitate if you cannot stand being in traditional Shavasana. You can also place a pillow or blanket under the lower back. You can bend your knees. You can lay in fetal posture. Honor your body. 
Honor your body, honor your body, honor your body, honor your body. From Shavasana, we begin to find our breath normalize itself. We can feel the grounding energy of the earth as we lie here. We begin to remind ourselves of the intention set forth at the beginning of class. We take a moment to offer ourselves gratitude as we showed up to the mat today to learn something new perhaps, or to continue to be a student of the philosophy knowing that you are never a master, that is not the point or purpose of the practice. This is a journey and a path all your own. It is about personal discovery. It's about your own awakening back to self. It represents so many things that it is completely sacred and not needing to even be identified with words. It's a feeling, it's an knowing. Understand that self-care is an everyday job. It's not a way to show up to some beauty standard or some ideal or some concept that is of not your own. It is to truly honor what is you and it's a discovery of even what that is. It's reversing everything in some cases that we've ever thought or known about self. It is healing self, healing past traumas. It is being proactive to what the body needs and wants, what the mind needs and wants, what the spirit needs and wants. It is a journey, it is a journey, it is a journey, it is a path. It is all your own, your own, your own. And I am honored. I am honored. I am honored to be here guiding you as both student and teacher myself. Thank you for allowing me to present you with Yoga 101 as today we went over the different fundamentals of downward facing dog, the importance to remember it's all about the spine, it being neutralized, not about how flexible your hamstrings and quadriceps and calf muscles and ankles are. The heels never have to touch the earth. If they do, that just means you are really limber that day, but you're one bicycle ride or drive sitting at your desk away from having tight muscles, joints, and ligaments again. So just know that every day might feel different. One day you might feel something different in the body that makes you feel hopeful and encouraged. And another time you might feel the opposite of that, but that is life. And yoga reminds us that balance Equal sharing of energy is what is most important. We learned that downward facing dog, although a very fundamental posture in a practice, is a variation of handstand. It is an inversion, your head is below heart, but we discovered different ways to get around that if you need to, for any reason. We also discussed that you can go into dolphin pose, which seems more challenging, but it's actually more strength building and more foundational than even downward facing dog. And you learned different ways to transition through a floor posture to a standing posture. Rather, you decide to do that through dolphin to forearm plank to finks or whether you decide to do that 
from downward to plank to knees, chest, chin, to cobra. Or you take a full vinyasa flow through chaturanga from down dog to plank, slowly lowering the body with one breath on the inhale into upward facing dog, back to down dog or child's pose. There's so many options. Go in peace. Namaste. I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste.